Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Better never rest. in the sky. What a thrilling time to be alive. Good morning, everybody. It's the Georgia Show, and for the first time in 17 years, uh, you wake up in the morning, and Nick Saban is not the coach at the University of Alabama. Uh, Nick Saban retired yesterday. Didn't feel the need to do like an emergency live show because Nick Saban doesn't coach at Georgia, and obviously I know Georgia fans don't really – I mean, obviously, they don't love the guy. I think you've got to respect what he had to, you know, what he did and, and the impact he had on the game and the impact he had on Kirby Smart that has now bled over to Georgia. But we didn't want to cram um, an off topic outside of our, you know, zone, um, you know, type of thing down your throat. So here we are this morning, but we're definitely going to talk about it. And Palmer, I'm just, my first question is this Nick Saban won a national championship at LSU in 2003. Were you potty trained by then? Who says I'm potty trained now? Fair. Fair point. No, I mean, 2003. I was born in 99, so I, I would imagine so. Definitely um, not. You 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 were you were one of those <laughs> six or seven years old before you died. No, but um, I, I'll tell you this. I, I don't remember watching it. You know, I, I, I that's that's tells you how, how long ago that was. Is I, I do remember that uh, Alabama-Texas game um, out at the Rose Bowl. But um, yeah, no, I, I do not remember that game again 
LSU and I couldn't even tell you who they were. Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. The, uh, it, it, there was a split national championship. So it was right. Alabama. I mean, uh, LSU split it with USC. I honestly can't remember who USC beat in the Rose Bowl that year, but I do know that that LSU beat Oklahoma. I also know that LSU team beat Georgia twice that year, um, beat them in uh, in Red Stick, um, in Baton Rouge early that season on a late touchdown pass to uh, Skylar Green. I can't remember who the quarterback was. Was it Matty Malk at the time? I think it might have been. And then uh, they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game in a rematch. USC then, beat Michigan that year. Yeah, okay. So USC beat Michigan. And in one the, uh, in the AP and the coaches, but three in the BCS. Yeah. And then LSU was number one in the BCS. And then LSU came back to Athens that next year and got it put on them. Um, you know, they they had uh they, they came in as the co-national championships. And I remember being at that game, uh, sitting on like the 40-yard line, probably the best seats I ever had as a non-media member. And I remember this guy behind me kept referring to – he kept saying Conats. And it didn't register with me what that meant. And then finally I looked over I looked over at somebody and I was like, what the hell is he talking about? And they are like, oh, co-national champions. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Um, but, yeah, Georgia – then Georgia kind of put it on in that next year. Saban moves on to the NFL in 2005. Um, Kirby Smart joins him in the NFL in 2006. I believe Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart might have been on that, might have been part of that staff, if I'm not mistaken. I know Muschamp was a part of his staff for at least one year with the Dolphins. And then Saban comes back in 2007, struggles in that season. And then Katie bar the door, 08 to 2000. And uh, even this year, um, just kind of on the sport. He leaves Palmer with, I think, a, I don't know what his overall record was, but he only got, he only, went down three times to former assistants. One of those was Kirby. One of those was Sark. One of those was Jimbo Fisher. 28 and three. So and this, only, this man knew that that's a dangerous lead. 28 yeah. three. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a good one. That is a good one. But he only lost one game to each of those guys. Kirby is one of the guys that got on that list, went one and five against Saban in his career. Um, listen, I, I've, I've only had a couple of interactions with the guy and I'll share one of them. I was at the minority coaches convention one time in Atlanta. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's main, um, the, the attendees are primarily, you know, minorities. Um, you know, they have coaches from, from, you know, of different, of different ethnicities and, 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 uh, races come in and speak at that thing. Um, and it's, a, it's a, honestly, it's one of the best run events for media that you could possibly attend. Um, those guys do a tremendous job, but, um, I remember Coach Saban coming, and there were only three or four reporters there. And I, you know, I I think I called Charlie Potter over at our Bama online site. That was, you know, we were all over at twenty four seven at that point. And I, I hit Charlie up, and I was like, "Hey, what do you need to know?" And he sent me some questions to ask. And um, uh, we all stood in front of him, and and he had Tosh Lupoy there, who was an assistant coach, and he kind of treated Tosh like a like a SID. He's like, "Who are these guys?" Hmm. And uh, Tosh was like, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, you know, kind of knew who we were. And, uh, and I had been talking to Tosh before the interview and everything. And um, I started asking like pertinent Alabama questions that Charlie Potter had sent me. And then Saban looked at me and he was like, I don't know you. Who is he again? <laughs> and it was just one of the funniest, driest things. He cracked a smile. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I talked. We're a part of a network, and I talked to our Alabama reporter about asking you some questions, and everything was kind of smoothed over from there. But 
Um, I mean, man, listen, I know he caused Georgia some pain. I know that beating him for the for Georgia's you know drought breaking national championship was amazing. But Jesus Christ, you have got to respect and admire what this man accomplished. And uh, you know, hats off to him, man. I hope I hope retirement's really cool for him. And and as Rob Ezel says in that classic clip, I hope he gets to go watch the ducks defecate in the yard. Um, I think that'd be think that'd be bring it all full circle. Um, for that Robbie Zell uh, uh, impression of him. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, you know, th- there's there's definitely just a different aura in, in when, you know, Nick Saban walks in the room. Um, you know, you, you feel that at media days. You feel that at, at press conferences. Um, you know, obviously, it, I, I, there's it's so clear the, the rub-off that he has had on Kirby – and the way that he's changed college football, um, you know, Alabama, Nick Saban and Alabama became the standard and it was, you know, it, it elevated everything in the SEC, um, you know, and obviously the, the run that the league has been on, um, you know, since he became a part of it, um, you know, LSU wins the national championship there in that 2006 season. Um but then 2007, but yeah, Florida, Florida, actually, Florida, Florida was six, yeah. LSU was seven, Florida was eight. Um, but you know, Nick and just the impact that he's had on this league, um, you know, Alabama winning that first title there in 2009, um, you know, and and the six that have uh, you know, come as a result of him being there, it's it's gonna be weird watching Alabama, um. You know, I remember we were had that 2020 matchup, uh, you know, between Georgia and Alabama, and there was thoughts, you know, that there was that COVID yeah. scare with him, and it was like, well, what is it going to be like with Nick Saban not on that sideline? And all of a sudden, you know, game day comes around, and and he's there. Um, it, you know, it's going to be really, really weird being in Tuscaloosa next season and him not being on that sideline. Um, you know, and, and I was joking with a couple of media folks, you know, with that SEC championship game, um, you know, we were saying, well, you know, we got to write the obligatory Kirby Saban story. And, um, you know, but you never knew when you were going to stop writing those because you felt like you wrote them every time that that game happened. um, And you just didn't know when the last one was going to be. And so, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, the moment that those two shared on the field before that game, um, SEC inside captured yeah. that. That was, yeah. uh, you know, telling and, and special and, um, you know, interested to hear w- when Kirby speaks, um, you know, what he has to say because he certainly has a lot of respect for uh, Nick and, and very interested to see the direction that Alabama goes. And, um, you know, I, I put it out on Twitter yesterday and said, you know, hey, I, I'm really curious to see if there's going to be a UGA tie uh, to that Alabama job because, um, you know, obviously Nick had such a ripple effect and his coaching tree did, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be some sort of tie to Kirby smart. Uh, you got to feel like because Kirby and Saban are so tied. There could be, there, there could be, um, you know, it's getting back to your point. I kind of did the math in my head. Five different SEC teams have won won a national championship after Nick Saban joined the lead. Obviously, league after obviously Alabama won the most. 
Um, but you had Florida, Auburn, who each won one national championship after after Saban, um, you know, got to Alabama. Yeah, LSU Florida had the 2006 one, but then yeah. the 08 after his yeah 08 run. after right, and then at, then you know LSU wins there in 2007 again in 2019. Um, so that's you know they had two Georgia had two Alabama had what seven six six yeah so Alabama had six so three teams won it multiple times five five SEC teams won it overall um, and then you know Auburn was runner up to Florida State um, you know had a chance to win two uh, you know Florida hasn't gotten back in a long time um, I'm sure that'll that just put a smile on some Georgia fans faces it's been they haven't been back there since they won it there in that 28 2008 season. Um, you know, Alabama kind of put them put them to bed in that 2009 SEC championship game, and then that was it. But yeah, I mean, you see, I mean, look look at the conference, right? Look at the conference as we're about to see it. Sark, Kirby Smart, Lane Kiffin. Uh, I'm sure there's somebody else. Billy Napier. Um, is there anybody else? I'm trying to think. Not Oklahoma. Not Mississippi State. I mean, but I mean, got, Pitt, Pittman's a Kirby guy, right? Pittman's a Kirby guy. Beamer, I guess Lincoln Riley, technically, if you really is, wanted to put it that tied way, tied to Kirby. In yeah, a he's way. tied to Kirby in a way. But I mean, a fourth of the league at Stoops least doesn't. Does Stoops doesn't have a? Nah, no, he was. He's more actually kind of comes from the Jimbo tree a little bit. Uh, Jimbo right. and, and his brother. Uh, but you know, and and as we talk about some of those other assistants, you know, Jimbo and Kirby and the ties that they had to Nick. Yeah. Um, you know, Muschamp has a DC. You know, if you want to go talk, uh, you know, coaches that have, have been tied to Nick. You know, God, that that clip of those two just you know chewing out a player on the LSU sideline always cracks me up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's look at it like this. Now, there's a lot of talk about Dan Lanning being the next head coach at Alabama. Palmer, I've got a theory here, and, and a lot of folks think, well, Dan Lanning, here's how it's going to go. Dan Lanning to Alabama, then Glenn Schumann to Oregon, just like Dan Lanning. I tell you what, I am pumping the brakes on that. Not because I don't think Lanning's going to Alabama. Um, you know, a guy that I would watch at Alabama, and I know, listen, I get it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But I'd watch D'Amico Ryan's here. Like I just, I really, Alabama it does has make sense though that he, it, I mean, he plays. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, cause D'Amico is an Alabama guy. He is, I mean, the, one of the abs, I remember watching him in college and I mean, absolute model football player, uh, extremely good student. One of the smartest dudes there is in the sport. Um, I'm sure he loves Alabama. He's been in the NFL for a good long time. You know, like Matt Godwin told us, they call it the country club. They call the NFL the country club. So why would he turn that down? But then again, you know, Nick Saban left the Miami Dolphins in an improbable fashion. He was building something there. I mean, they got the quarterback thing wrong, but they were still they still weren't bad. And they they had just had a good season the season prior to the one where he got I think they had a good season in two thousand five. Um, and then they struggled in two thousand six. But I mean, it was that one got down to the point where Saban was like, "No, I'm not going to Alabama," and then he ends up going to Alabama. So improbable things happen there. But getting back to the landing thing, Palmer, if Georgia, if sorry, if if Bama was to hire Dan Lanning, how eager do you think Oregon would be to jump on Glenn Schumann? When Willie Taggart spent one year at Oregon, 
bolted for Florida State, first opportunity he got. Mario Cristobal spent four years at Oregon, bolted to Miami, first opportunity that he got. Dan Lanning will have spent two years there, bolted for Alabama, the first chance that he got. If I'm Oregon, I've you've got to think that they're going to be at least a little bit hesitant to hire another coach that would probably view them as a stepping stone because I'm telling you this right now. Yeah, if 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 Glenn Schumann is successful at Oregon, let's say three or four years, and Kirby gets to the point where he's like, "Man, I'm I'm done with this. Like I'm you know it doesn't get any better on the NIL front and the you know unrestricted free agency, which I do think it's going to get better in short order. I think you know next 18 months it's going to be um, improved." He's coming back to Athens fast as quick as he can get there. No, you're you're right about that. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't think it's a given that you know Dan would leave Oregon for Alabama. Um, and and obviously, it seems that it's uh, you know trending that way. Um, but you know, I, I think that in this new era of college football, and um, you know, first of all, being the guy to replace the legend it's not easy shoes and and you got to wonder, well, how long of a leash am I going to have at, at Alabama? If, if we're not winning, you know, national championships every, you know, three years as was the, you know, standard under Saban, um, you know, I, I, to, so that's a lot of pressure and obviously money talks. Um, but I think Oregon is, is paying Dan well and, he could very easily parlay, uh, you know, hit the the ties to Alabama and and that opening into a uh, very 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 big raise, um, you know, and and proper compensation there. And, and I think that you know, Oregon is in a really good spot right now. You know, he's in two years he's gotten them, um, you know, in playoff contention both years. Um, you know, th- they're moving into a conference where it's it's one of the power conferences um you know and not that you know obviously the pac-12 was a part of the power five but you know when, when we're talking the big dogs it's the sec and the big 10 right now and um to be moving into one of those conferences you know sets you up incredibly well obviously you've got the nike money and the connection there with phil knight um Oregon is in a really good spot and I don't know that I would be leaving that to try to go follow in the footsteps of Nick Saban. That being said, if that were to happen, you know, I, I you're right. Obviously the Glenn Schumann talk will, uh, you know, will begin Glenn Schumann to Oregon and, and, you know, Oregon goes and does the same thing and replaces its head coach with a Georgia DC. It, it just not that it didn't make sense when Dan did it because in terms of, you know, ties to Oregon and, and the area, and it wouldn't make sense with Glenn. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I don't see that. I, I'm with you. I don't really see that happening. Um, so, you know, I, I just, to me, I, I think, you know, Glenn Schumann, I, I don't know. I, I just, it, I feel like he'd be better off as an NFL defensive coordinator than a, uh, than a college head coach. And, and, you know, I, I, for his sake, I hope I'm wrong. Um, you know, I, I but I, I think that, uh, you know, it, it would be interesting to see. And 
you know, yeah, you might be right there that, uh, you know, that uh, Oregon would want to go maybe try to find a guy that yeah. they feel is going to stick around longer. I mean, I, I do think that if Oregon wanted Glenn Schumann, like if, if Lanny took the Bama job and Oregon wanted Glenn Schumann, I do believe he would take it. I do. I absolutely believe he would take it. I just think if I'm Oregon, I'm very, very cautious about hiring another guy with all those ties to the Southeast. It's just going to bolt for the Southeast because Oregon is a phenomenal job. And, you know, I don't know what Dan Lanning will do. I see what you said. I mean, it's on one hand, I'd love to, I'd love to have us have his chance to get it wrong because that means I'm rich. Yeah. All right. And, and, you know, then I don't have to, you know, I can, I can move out on my 30 acres and between somewhere between arcade and Nicholson and I can build my barn dominium. Barn and, dominium. Yes. Right. Build my barn dominium with a studio in there and we can, you know, we can turn this thing into the Pat McAfee show or something of sorts. Uh, but, um, it, that one's a tough one too, because if you're landing, you're sitting there like, do I want to follow a legend? You know, to borrow the Jim Harbaugh phrase, who has it better than us over here at Oregon? Because listen, that NIL money, that Phil Knight NIL money, and and those facilities over there are are top notch. And you know, I was listening to Bruce Feldman talk to Ryan Rosillo about it this morning as I was out running errands really early, and um, you know, he said that you know he made a good point that Landing has a young family, and you know they've gotten pretty settled there. Um, so I, I'm I'm really fascinated to see what's going to happen there. Is there going to be a big buyout? What we know though, and and listen, shout out to Bama Online because Tim Watts and our crew over there do a phenomenal job. Dan Lanning was not in Tuscaloosa last night, so that was that was you know BS on the part of whoever was reporting. Dan Lanning is not in Tuscaloosa. He might be there this morning, but he was not there last night. And uh, our Bama Online folks had that nailed last um, night, as in before midnight. Oh Jesus Christ, Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> you may not be potty trained after all. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. you know, it's, uh, I mean, Brian Bivens, uh, first of all, I wanted to address the Nick Saban never sniffed the playoffs with uh, with Miami. He absolutely sniffed them. Um, he didn't get there, but he went nine and seven there and narrowly missed them. I believe it was in 2005. 2005, um, yep. Second yeah, in the um, AFC. But, but one of the reasons Saban left the NFL, and, and one of the reasons I think maybe D'Amico Ryans would do it, I doubt it, but maybe, is because you're not outworking anybody in the NFL. You can't. You can't You can't practice harder than anybody. You can't practice more physical than anybody. There's co a collective bargain. You can't be in the building more than anybody, really. I mean, unless you're, you know, unless somebody's just not you making good use of the time. It is, it's incredibly tough to outwork people and dominate in the NFL. Um, you know, the, Bill Belichick didn't outwork people in the NFL. He outsmarted people in the NFL for a long time. And since I think he got let go this morning as well. I, I haven't, I haven't seen that personally, but it was on our board earlier. Um, and, and again, Timothy, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know your last name, but I, I, I tend to agree with you, but I would, I don't know. It's, it's improbable, but I thought Saban to Alabama last time was improbable down to the point that Saban says he was said he wasn't going. Um, and then, you know, there's another one, Brian Bivens, uh, my man here, says any chance Urban Meyer gets a look, don't hmm. see it. Don't see it. Um, you want to talk – I mean, Alabama's a program. Palmer, and I think you would agree with this. Um, and, and I consider Georgia to be a program like this too that loves stability. It loves kind of the idea of long-term sustained success. Um, my four-year-old is more – is less of a flake than Urban Meyer is. 
Okay. Um, and that's one guy. Listen, I, there, there's some guy, most of the coaches in the sport, I'm like, man, awesome. He's great. He's awesome. He, Urban Meyer can flat out coach some ball, uh, crappy human being. And I don't care what anybody says. Um, you know, him and Hugh Freeze both, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but uh, yeah. So, Palmer, what do you think about the transfer portal? And it sounds like that SEC to SEC will be allowed as the Alabama's players are eligible to enter the transfer portal for an extra 30 days. But then yeah. we've got this whole drop ad, you know, thing going on. I've got a little note on that as well. Yeah, I saw the note from Pete Nakos, um, who, who was on top of it, that the uh, he's received clarification from the SEC that Alabama athletes will be able to transfer inside the conference. Um, you know, I, I said, put it in our Dogs HQ chat, I think, but I said, if if those guys weren't able to transfer within the conference, you knew Nick Saban was knew that that uh, that, yeah. that was absolutely a planned um exit the part of the retirement idea um there to keep alabama sustained there's a lot of guys on that alabama team that georgia would love to have they would have loved to have them the first go around and they'd love to have them now um you know and i think that georgia will take a look at some of those guys it'll be interesting to see i mean obviously i don't we've seen the decommitment of of five-star wide receiver Ryan Williams, um, who did not sign back in December, originally a 2025 kid that reclassified to 2024. Um, that seems to be trending Auburn's way. Um, has been for a little while, and and so the decommitment there is a domino of the Nick Saban thing, but also you know very well could have happened had Saban been coaching. Um, I have not seen any of the players uh, enter the portal. I'll be curious to see if – they wait to see who this new head coach is, um, you know, before they before they make any sort of rash decision, um, or if we're going to start to see some of those come out today, um, you know. I, and I know the paperwork on that takes forty eight hours, so could be tomorrow that we start to see those. Um, you know, could be could be two days from now um, if, if those guys, you know, are able to get that paperwork going today. And then the processing of it takes 48 hours, um, you know, but ultimately a lot of it comes down to Georgia having to have spots um, because Georgia players can't go into the portal. Now um, Georgia players can't, if they do enter the portal in, in May, they can't transfer within the sec. And so Georgia's got to get rid of that. They've already got to get rid of some guys to get to the 85 number um, to add to that you have to get rid of even more guys. And so, um, you know, I, I think that that's, that certainly plays a part. Um, would it surprise me if, if they were to add, you know, one or two guys? Um, no, it, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. I mean. Um, Maybe they do. Maybe they have to lose some guys to get under the 85 because, I mean, listen, we don't know. We don't, we don't know everything. Right. right, and, right. and there are some graduates on the team. There are some guys that have already graduated that might be, you know, might have earned some sort of graduate scholarship and, and maybe they're able to take what they're earning in NIL to uh, um, uh, maybe they're taking what they've earned in NIL to take care of the rest of their stuff. Like, we don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying that's happening, but right now I think it's at 88. Is that right, Palmer? Um, I'll have to check. It's either 88 or 89. 
Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those. And, you know, so you got 85 scholarships. Right now we've got 88 to 89 players that we believe to be on scholarship at Georgia. It is 88. The 89 number would have included uh, Mayava. Mayava. Right, yeah. And and listen, that's not as of this moment. So to break that down for you, that's with the six guys that are supposed to be enrolling this summer involved. So as of right this moment for spring practice, Georgia is at 82. Good math there, Jake. You know, so ultimately – I'm going to take a guy like Xavier Truss here, okay? Um, Xavier Truss, I believe, has graduated at Georgia. If I'm not mistaken, maybe he hasn't. Um, if he hasn't, he's on the Stetson Bennett path, okay, because he's uh, he's been around a long time. Uh, Micah Morris. Let's take Micah Morris, for example. Micah Morris got his degree at Georgia. Super impressive. He only got it four years faster than I did at Georgia. Um, so Micah Morris has his degree at Georgia. You know, if there's a situation where Micah gets a graduate scholarship to, to get into grad school that takes care of, you know, a large portion of everything that he needs to, to do that. And then maybe he only needs a, a couple more grand to do it. And they're able to cover that via NIL and he's able to make some more NIL money on top of that. Then that's the guy that may not fit under that. It may not be on full athletic scholarship at Georgia. And I'm sure Georgia welcomes that. You take a guy like, I'm going to bring up Drew Bobo. Right, Drew's Drew Bobo's dad works works at Georgia, makes a million dollars a year. Um, you know, would Drew decide? Would Drew be in a situation where he would be like, "All right, now, um, you know, I don't have to be on scholarship. My dad's rich. Well, you know, we make a lot of money. Would I don't know. Dad, would his dad be the one to, uh, you know, yeah. kind of push that decision? Yeah. But you know, hey, there's, hey there's, Drew, you, and these you, are you can't be on scholarship. I really want Trevor Etienne. Yeah, these are hypotheticals, and I think we know enough at this point that Lab McConkey came to Georgia as a preferred walk-on, you know, under the guise of kind of being on a scholarship, and got put on a scholarship after year one. Um, I, I I can't remember some some player. I believe it was Marcus Rosemi Jackson or somebody after the Orange Bowl just explicitly said that was like, hey, he, you know, Lad man, he came in here and he earned that scholarship. Um, so. And, there are and, creative ways to get yeah. around that. Um, I the, just the whole gray shirt, you know, yeah. and, and and obviously I don't even know how much of that there's left, though. To be honest, yeah, with you. it's so ambiguous. Um, but ultimately, what it's we're a guessing game. The, the, the hell, the eighty-five number is you know yeah. such a guessing game. Um, but what and, we're getting at here is that the numbers aren't going to be a problem. And I and I believe, listen, if they George is still trying to add via the transfer portal. And they're going to lose via the transfer portal. They're going to, you know, like I could see, you know, five, six guys leaving after spring practice. And I've got those names in my head. I'm not going to say them because I don't want to make it seem like I think these guys should go um, right. or that I don't think highly of them as a player. Uh, but ultimately, you know, Alabama is probably going to have some guys enter the transfer portal. Yeah. It's probably going to have some, because it's probably going to have some coaching staff shake up. And, um, you know, it's not like the guy already that, has. I mean, and, and they did before. Yeah, Saban, you know, I've got two. Kevin I believe Steele. they got two open spots right now, don't they? They they, they need a Is defensive coordinator, wide receivers, and de defensive coordinator. Yeah. So you know, they, listen, they, we're just getting started on this, really. And uh, you know, if there's some transfer portal activity, I'm sure Georgia's going to be interested. Now, one note I will drop. So classes began at Georgia on January the eighth. Um, drop ad, I believe, ends Monday. If I'm not mistaken, I think drop ad ends on Monday. And if you went to if you went to college, you understand that drop ad is kind of the you know date that you have to have your schedule set by. Now, technically, technically, 
a player has to enroll in classes by the start. Drop, of drop, ad, drop ad date is Friday. Okay. Is today. Oh, tomorrow. Sorry. Tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, God, I thought today was Friday. Um, so if you, if you went to college, you understand drop ad is the day you have to have your schedule set by. Technically, uh, I spoke with a source this morning who told me that transfer players actually have to be enrolled, not necessarily have signed up for their classes, but they have to be enrolled by the start of classes, not by the end of drop ad, by the start of classes. Now, there are special exceptions that can be made to that, and I think that is up to the administration. I'm not sure if it goes all the way up to the president or not, but there are special exceptions that can be made to that, and Georgia has made special exceptions like that in the past, like when Jamie Newman, I believe it was, committed to Georgia like on the last day of drop ad. Didn't, that's when he committed. Didn't arrive until I think a week or more later. Um you know, I think he I, I talk, spoke to somebody then. And I think he had at that point by the 20th, but that was something that was allowed. And and probably because he was a graduate, there was probably a little leeway as there well there as well. But was that a January arrival? Uh Jamie Newman? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. He was um yeah, he, he arrived at Georgia and, and went through walkthroughs and was set to go through spring practice that didn't happen. And right. uh, then he opted out. And 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 of course, you know, Georgia has taken some players that weren't expected to be a part of their spring practice program and um or or didn't end up being a part of that right yeah that's true too so you know that that could end up being the case here um you know and those kids would be going through i mean tyke smith was that way um you know tyke smith was a um and and i can't remember obviously the the portal has changed and now they've got the windows right as opposed to it kind of just being an always open thing um, but, um, you know, Tyke was somebody that if I recall c- committed to Georgia, uh, right around the spring game. And so was not part of Georgia's spring practice plans. And, you know, Georgia, they didn't end up taking anybody from the, uh, second transfer window last year, but, um, you know, th- it's, it wouldn't be unprecedented is what I'm saying is that, you know, if, if a kid is not able to meet those uh, you know, those deadlines of classes having started already and ad drop being, you know, 24 hours from now and um, you know, being, you know, getting going here in Athens um, it wouldn't be unprecedented for Georgia to still take a kid like that uh, and, and bring them into the program. If, if they're the right fit. No doubt. And let me tell you right now, if for some reason Caleb Downs got in there, um, I'm trying to find a good analogy, I'm trying to find a good metaphor here. I mean, Kirby Smart would would run over kittens and old ladies to to get him on the uh, on the roster. There's no doubt about it, and that Georgia would break its back trying to get Caleb Downs on the roster. I mean, can you imagine? And I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it may happen. I'm just saying. Okay, but could you imagine? If Georgia had Malachi Starks at free safety, Caleb Downs at strong safety, um, and then and KJ, KJ Bolden as the back, kind of you know backing him up, and then Jonel Aguero, <laughs> another elite safety from right there in the same little playing star, uh, all of a sudden the narrative would have shifted from why can't Georgia get elite safeties to Georgia getting all of them? I mean every day, and just every single one of them. So, um, you know we'll we'll have your eye and listen. There's no better place to follow it than Dogs HQ. Um, you know. 
we're not out here talking up unsubstantiated rumors. Um, we're not out here talking about any of that stuff, but we listen when we say it and we tell you what's going on, um, take it to the bank. That's all I'm saying. Um, so, you know, ultimately that's, uh, you know, we, we vet our information. We do, we're not saying we're not, we're not wrong sometimes, but you know, it's rare and uh, we'll have the transfer portal covered for you. We'll have all the coaching movement, you know, covered for you as it relates to Georgia. And uh, we're excited about it. $1 for one month. That's always there. If you want to come check us out and uh, we'll be back with you on Sunday night um, for uh, the Georgia show. It's our only night show now, um, a, a night uh, look at the Georgia show. Um, and then we'll bark after dark on Monday, then Tuesday, Thursday mornings. We'll be back with you. But for this episode, Palmer, do you have anything else you want to share? Uh, have you come to any sort of epiphany on whether or not you were still using diapers when Nick Saban won the national championship? I'll share on the hoop hounds. Yeah, let's do it. Ten, let's ten, yeah, ten, talk about them hoop hounds. Ten, ten wins in a row. Um, I, I saw a comment in there earlier, and uh, yeah. So if I'm if I'm a little bit sluggish this morning, bags under my eyes. It's uh, I was at Stegman Coliseum past midnight. So, um, you know, hoop hounds get the big win over Arkansas. I did not see that coming. Uh, they they uh, who did though? Minutes. Who who told you when we were when we were in Gatlinburg? for the Tennessee game, who said, hey, does Georgia get Arkansas midweek? And you said, yes. And I said, Georgia's going to win that game. And you argued with me. I, I guess it was you. I mean, I argue everything, Jake. You do. They, you do. <laughs> you do do that. You are you are a I think, therefore I am type guy for sure. I'll, I'll argue that I, you know, argued with you. So yeah, I, yeah, I, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> Get out of here before I, before I, uh, you know, threaten to murder Palmer on the air. Trying to strangle me through the camera. No, I can't do that. I know my limits. All right, <laughs> y'all. Y'all take care. We'll see you on Sunday night. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 